0: But it was interesting because you realize right away that ultra marathons are just a little bit different because uh, Mike and I were running this one together. And we came up on this woman on our hands and knees, just throwing her guts up. And so we stopped tried to help her. She's like, no, I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. Okay, this is there's a different breed of people that run these ultras. And this is really cool. I see ultra running as embracing the adventure. And uh, I just love that aspect of it. Just, I mean, just going off trail, following a deer trail. I mean, I was running on a frozen river, the Illinois River, running on the frozen Vermilion River today. I just love the adventure, just being on the edge. Uh, I just do. You're
1: listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. And if you listen to this when it comes out on the Saturday, and uh, I'll be out running the Love It Trail for the Love It 100, man. So say a little prayer for your boy here. Uh, I might need it. Um, yeah, so today, man, we've got a, a great guest. Um, he's he's a, a guy I've been kind of watching online. We've conversed back and forth, and uh, we had to schedule this, get him on. I'm not going to tell you what he does. You're going to have to listen to find out. Uh, Uh, You got to listen to more of the podcast. But um, the name of this podcast is Bringing the Spiritual into the Physical. His name is uh, Scott Poling. And uh, man, we had a great conversation, got a lot in common. And I hope you'll get a lot out of the podcast today. But before we get started, we got to, you know, got to pay the bills, man. Got to talk about our sponsors. And the first one is Runners World Tulsa. Um, If you're around the Tulsa area, you need to check out Runners World Tulsa. These guys have everything that you need to run. Uh, You need a pack, they got it. You need shoes, they've got it. You need nutrition, they've got it. Clothes, shorts, yeah. You You need to run in an altitude tent, man, they've got that. You can rent time in an altitude tent. That's over the treadmill. So you need to know something about running. You need help. You need whatever. Go to Runners World Tulsa. If you don't live in Tulsa, you can go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com and check it out. And we're also brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. Man, you need to check out the Outlaw Race Series. They just had the Outlaw One Hundred. You know, during Snowmageddon, during this frozen time, those guys were out there running the Outlaw One Hundred and the One Thirty Five, and then some of the other distances. That's the flagship race, amazing race. I hope I get to do it one day. It's always on the weekend of my anniversary, and so maybe maybe I can get permission to do it one year, maybe next year. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, don't tell my wife. Anyway, um, Outlaw Race Series, man. It includes the Flat Rock Triple Crown. That's in uh, Independence, Kansas. Kansas, the lake mcmurtry run in stillwater in april the flower moon uh, that's in paul huska in may the dark and dirty that's in wilburton in july the thunderbird is in norman in november and then of course the outlaw 100 that's in february man you need to check it out www.outlaw100.com great races put on by ultra runners they know what they're doing good people check it out also we brought to you by T8.run, the letter T, the number eight, dot run. Great gear for ultra runners by ultra runners. They're flagship product. I believe in it. I wear it. I'll be wearing it when you listen to this. If you listen to it Saturday, it's the Commando Shorts. You put them on under your running shorts or tights or whatever, and they're guaranteed to keep you chafe-free. And they work. Everybody who's bought them, like, yeah, they're legit. They're good. Super comfy. And, yeah. So check out T8.run. And if you go to the website and you make an order, you put in the number fifty dash run the riot and you get a discount. All right, and uh, also, you can check out uh, our website, www.runtheriot.run, and uh, there's a link to all the show notes for this one and all the other podcasts that we do. There's a Patreon link if you decide you want to partner with the podcast, and I would greatly appreciate that. And uh, also, if you want to help out the podcast, man, it's a, it, this is huge. If you could go to uh, iTunes or wherever you listen and rate the podcast and uh, leave a little, little note about what you like about the podcast, man that helps us out a lot with ratings and sponsorships and all that stuff and i would just greatly appreciate it i, I love you guys um and thank you so much for the you, you guys who've, uh, who've 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 rated it and uh and just typed a little word in man it, it's it's encouraging all right well I, we got a podcast to do so let's get going ladies and gentlemen bringing the spiritual into the physical scott poling All right, today on the Run the Riot podcast from uh, from, from me the, up north in Illinois, a frozen area like we just were, uh, Mr. Scott Poling. How you doing, Scott? Hey, I'm doing great, David. Great to be with you. Hey, man, glad to have you. And uh, as we were talking before I started recording, been watching you online, watching you get to do all these amazing runs. And, and uh, I was like, I want to visit with that guy. And uh, I love that social media can bring people from all over the country and world together just to hang out and visit and hit record, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one of the reasons I wanted to get you on, well, number one, cause you're an ultra runner and I, I see you've done, you know, some hundred milers and done these things that we'll talk about, but you also have, uh, a unique, uh, prof- I guess, I guess profession calling, uh, what you're doing. Uh, that's, that's a little different from, from a lot of different people. So, so tell everybody what you do.
0: What I do is I feed and lead sheep. I'm a pastor, and so and I've been I've been in ministry for almost 26 years now, and at the same church uh, that my wife and I came to 26 years ago.
1: Wow, that's 26 years at the same place, man. That's 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 pretty amazing. Uh, that's yeah, that's 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 not heard of. Uh, that doesn't happen very often now.
0: <laughs> no, well, and it doesn't. And here here's an interesting thing. When I was in seminary, my wife and I prayed about two things. We wanted to go to one church for our entire life, and we wanted to go to a dead or dying church and see God resurrect it. And so we've been at this church. We absolutely love it.
1: That's, that's amazing. That's a good prayer, and that's a good thing to do instead of going to a thriving church and, and uh, kill it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no man, but that that's a that's amazing. And and um, you know, a lot of people that listen to the podcast, they know that you know, I have a ministry background and one of the things I always did whether it was uh youth ministry or our our pastoring or whatever, I'd always always it was my heart to go somewhere that I was just willing to invest everything and be there till I breathe my last, you know, if that's what God had for me. And so, um, you know, that's that's always you can't just I don't know something like that. You can't go in halfway, or or I sh- you shouldn't have the attitude of a uh, using it for experience or a stepping stone, or that's that's there's too much at stake that you know for, with that. <laughs> oh, I agree. Well, wow. well, man, uh, I I do I do uh, applaud you for staying out there. So, just just curious, before we get into running, this is for me. Anybody else, you know, you just just listen for a little while. Uh, so, when, when you got to the to the church, would well, tell me about what what the church was like uh, when you got there.
0: The church was very very small, and it was a little bit more legalistic, and um, God just had to do a work in breathing new life into it. And just plugging away, staying faithful uh, to the word and just loving God and loving people. Yeah. And uh, just had a great, great group of people, a little core there, too, that was just faithful. So just blessed. I just feel so blessed to be here in the people of the
1: church. Uh, that that That's awesome, man. Um, so um, you're from where are you from originally?
0: Originally, I'm uh, from South Jersey. I'm a beach boy. Grew up on the uh, on the ocean in Ocean City, New Jersey and Seattle City, New Jersey.
1: Oh, wow. OK. All right. New Jer- I, See, I've never been to New Jersey, man. Tell me tell me something I, I wouldn't know about New Jersey if I hadn't been, you know, since I haven't been. There. OK.
0: Well, everybody, when they think of New Jersey, thinks it's the armpit of America because <laughs> they think of Trenton or Newark. But what they don't realize is that the very first beach resort was Cape May County, Cape May, New Jersey. It's absolutely beautiful. Victorian homes, all seaside community. What people don't realize either is that the very first rodeo in America, and still the longest ongoing rodeo, is based in southern New Jersey. Are you serious? Um, a, a Jersey rodeo <laughs> yes it's not up on new york it's in south jersey and south jersey is a lot different than north jersey in all honesty it's it's gotta it's it's absolute just it's, and don't go by the show south or whatever the uh jersey shore, the, the jersey shore. that is not accurate so please don't go there
1: <laughs> yeah i yeah. uh, you know uh hollywood always seems to uh to make um make shows out of the most interesting of our you know i'm from south louisiana and so i get people asking me um if i if everybody is like the swamp people you know i don't know if you remember the show swamp people and uh, i know yeah. some people like that but it's not everybody in south louisiana so <laughs> um exactly. Exactly. so so you uh you grew, you grew up in 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 Jersey. How was uh did you do um athletics and stuff as as a as a child out there? Yeah.
0: Actually, my first sport was skateboarding, which is kind of funny. Uh, But then I played some baseball. But then I really got hooked on tennis and so played tons of tennis, Loved tennis, and actually started going to went to a tennis academy in Florida, the Nick Volatari Tennis Academy at the time. It's now IMG Academy and just loved it. Started kind of late. But I mean, I would play five to six hours a day. It's an academy for tennis. So that's all we do. So and I grew up in an athletic family. So sports was something we always did.
1: Well, that so, I, you know, when I talk to a lot of ultra runners, even like some of the um, like Sally McRae and then some others, they, a lot of them have like a soccer background, but you're the first with a tennis background. <laughs> so, so that's I guess that's good for trail running. You know, a lot of the back and forth and, you know, I don't know.
0: <laughs> quick, quick feet. Yep. Quick feet. Yep. Little steps over things all over. Yep.
1: OK, so so skateboarding. I got uh, did you do vert or street?
0: Uh, Mostly just street.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh,
0: it was just starting up. When I got into it, but I loved it.
1: Yeah. We, uh, we did a lot of street, but I lived in the country. So we built a half pipe in the backyard. And, um, so that was, that was me. I've got scars still from, <laughs> from all that. <laughs> Good stuff. So, so you did tennis and, um, were you, were you playing tennis or, uh, when you went to, you went to, I remember Dallas seminary. Is that where you went?
0: Yeah, we went to went to Dallas uh, and uh, actually taught at a great tennis club there, T Bar and Racket Club. So it was just part of uh, that was part of the provision for my schooling, which to be able to work part time there.
1: Oh, that's so. Were Were you um, you weren't you weren't a runner? You just did tennis and stuff while you were at seminary and all, right?
0: Yeah, I would just go out for a run once in a while, just for exercise. Um, but yeah, that's how I really got into running. I just went out for a run. I'd go out for a run twenty minutes or thirty
1: minutes. Nice, nice. And 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 it's funny because that's how um I mean that's how a lot of other people that's how I got into it. I would do jiu jujitsu and I'd run for cardio and uh you know, just it was something I, I did yeah. to to help me do what I was doing better until I fell in love with running. So when did the when did the switch change from something you just did to something you now do all the time.
0: <laughs> okay, well, there was a big switch, and and it ac- actually happened during a message that I was preaching on a Sunday morning. I used marathoning as an illustration, and I brought in a pair of my running shoes, and I just challenged any of the guys in the church. Uh, meet me after the church. Hey, listen, I want to train for a marathon. Anybody out there want to train for a marathon with me? And it was born. <laughs> so I had four or five guys come up after the service and we came up with a game plan of starting the train and that's how we did it and one of the guys uh one of my friends mike cordham would go on and he would end up running uh the 50 marathons in 50 states so he went went overboard he he uh, we've run so many marathons we've done chicago we did new york we did boston we went over and ran berlin so oh, we we've man. done a lot of the majors too which was fun
1: that's that's pretty amazing, man. To, to go from just kind of now now was this something you planned to do, like at the at the end of the service, or was it kind of on a whim?
0: Well, you know, I was thinking about challenge, you know, challenging people to do it with me, and it was already in my sermon as an illustration. So I said, let's go for it.
1: Nice, nice.
0: Yeah, you and know, it, it was good too. It was good too to have the accountability, because yeah. then you can't back down. That's <laughs> really so well, yeah. good.
1: Especially you're the one saying, Hey, let's do this. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta put the time in, you know? Absolutely. So, um, uh, this is kind of funny. This is the first thing that comes to mind because, uh, I, I, I was, uh, the church one of the churches I was pastoring I remember uh just I lived through Katrina and and all that in South Louisiana and um this was um after um I was at another church and God just laid it on my heart that we needed to go help people that still had, you know their they were their homes were were destroyed and there were so many people still rebuilding and man it was just on my heart so hard and so you get one of those you know, we've got, we've got the means, we've got the call, we've got to go, you know? And so um, it was one of those, like, who's coming with me? And you just kind of, you know, the the nightmare and you's like, you're just going to be standing there by yourself. Like, I guess I'm going by myself, you know? So it's, um, <laughs> it's cool that you had people in a, in a, in the church that, you know, had said, Hey, I'll, I'll train and run a marathon with you, you know? Um, yeah. So did you, up in, at that point, had you run other races? Had you done some other races, you know, before a marathon?
0: No, no none, not a single one. And uh, my friend Mike even said, hey, you, you need to get something under your belt. So I think we ran a 5K or 10K or something. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and I just, when we started, I thought he was going to run with me. And he like totally took off because <laughs> I had no clue, you know. So I like, all- oh, yeah, I guess we are by ourselves. <laughs> so anyway, but that was my first introduction to a race. So it was good. It was fun.
1: Nice. That's awesome. Um, so you jump into a marathon, you get it done Evidently, you Like, like, like everybody, you drank the Kool-Aid, uh, started yeah, doing,
0: totally.
1: yeah, you just start traveling around it and it's fun. You get to go and experience different places. It's a good excuse to go, go see different places. You know, you, you go somewhere and, and, and run it, meet people, hang out, you know? <laughs> um, so when did you take the jump from, you know, this marathon and then like the craziness now with the ultra marathons when did that happen
0: well and, and, again progression you know you start running for exercise then you train for a marathon and then it went into trail running i had another friend paul iden who said uh, scott there's there's this uh, you know ultra community but before that i didn't know what trail running was and so yeah. i was introduced to trail running uh, first by accident i was out in the grand teton national park and i was doing a 20 mile hike by myself and i was running late so I had to run and I started running down these trails and I thought, oh, I, this is kind of fun. I'm really liking this, the last you know, three or four miles. And then I had a friend who was in ministry in Tennessee, Jeff Sanders, and, and uh, I was speaking uh, at a men's retreat there. And he said, hey, um, I'm training for this uh, trail run and I'm gonna do a training run on the trails. Do you wanna run trails with me? And I said, a, a trail run race? Like, what's that? And so that was the first official time that I was introduced to trail running and I loved it being outside running trails so much better for me than the roads. I, -hmm. to me, it was just, this is, this is great.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, and what I, what I fell in love with when I started on the trails was, well, number one, uh, I think I can run a 50 miler on trails. I, I can, I have, and it's easier on the body than, a, a marathon on the roads, you know, I, I recover so much quicker, you know, and then yeah. just to be, to be out in God's creation and, and just, I don't know, man, it, it's, it's so, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's great. I love it. You know, I just, I have such a, such a time of absolutely of taking it in and, uh, um, just seeing, seeing all that God's done. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. Absolutely. It's, it's a totally different animal and I love it.
1: So what was your first uh, official ultramarathon?
0: First official ultramarathon was up in Wisconsin. And um, it was a North Face Endurance Challenge 50 mile. And, uh, and it was nothing but a constant downpour for eight hours. And I loved it. <laughs> Just covered in mud, mud and more mud. And it was like so cool. It was great, but it was interesting because you realize right away that ultra marathons are just a little bit different because uh, Mike and I were running this one together and we came up on this woman on our hands and knees, just throwing her guts up. And so we stopped tried to help her. She's like, no, I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> it was like, okay, this is, there's a different breed of people that run these ultras and this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I do love the ultra community as I was saying earlier my friend Paul had, had said the ultra running community has such a camaraderie and there's a support system and people are there for one another and I didn't see that in the marathons it was doggy dog and nobody was there for each other in, in the road
1: marathons and so this was just it was really encouraging that way it is a different mentality. I guess on road running things are a little more calculated and so here's something so in 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 our conversing back and forth and what you just said before we hit recording you said something about type A personality and so I find it kind of funny that somebody with a type A personality is just loving the rain and the mud and you can't plan for that man you can't you know you can't calculate yeah. for that you know it's just <laughs> uh, I I know it, but
0: I I that's just part of it just embrace it i see ultra running as embracing the adventure mm-hmm. and uh, i just love that aspect of it just i mean just going off trail following a deer trail i mean i was running on a frozen river the illinois river running on the frozen vermilion river today i mean i even went through it you know just a little bit with my feet at one part you know I'm still staying safe but it's like i just love the adventure just being on the edge uh, i just do you know go one of the runs I did with uh seven or eight of my friends with the rim to rim to rim yes. just being on the edge it's just I just love it so my wife doesn't always love it but and, but I love
1: it I, I, I I deal with the same thing, man. Uh, it's one of the things I love is, um, I love going to a place that I've never been. And then, and then running an ultra, like I had never been to the Grand Canyon and we went and we, you know, like got there the day before and then ran the room to room to room the next day. And so it was, yeah. And, and, and knowing that, you know, when you start in the morning, that blackness on the side of you, that's the abyss. Like if you fall, (laughs) It's, it's like, you know, you, you know, hello, Lord. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. Hey, tell me, tell me about your, your rim to rim to rim adventure, man. How how did y'all, when did y'all do it? You remember what time of year you guys did it in? Uh, oh, when
0: did we do the rim to rim to rim? I forget. Oh, I did it for my 50th birthday three years oh, ago. Nice. So I, I wanted to do an epic. I just wanted to do an epic run for turn 50. So we added a bunch of spur trails in, one to Ribbon Falls and somewhere else so, so we could extend it to 50 miles and uh, just loved it. And, um, you know, I had a great group of guys to train with and to go there with. And uh, one of the blessings as well was just being able to baptize one of my friends down in the Colorado River. Oh. And uh, so just to, one of the things I try to do when I run is I try to bring the spiritual into the physical. So whether that's praying with people on the trail or sharing my faith, or um, just just witnessing people, uh, leading people to Christ even on the trail. And, and and then I've had the chance to baptize people too. So anyway, that was really cool. Part of about the rim to rim to room.
1: Oh man, that. that Let that's... me
0: tell you that Colorado, the Colorado is cold. Oh my <laughs> goodness, I couldn't even breathe, so cold.
1: Was anyway. it the fastest baptism ever? <laughs>
0: It was it was pretty fast, but uh yeah, it was cold
1: oh. Oh, no that that's cool well and and from, from you know uh talking about you know faith, I don't know how somebody could you know i I saw the Grand Canyon and it made me feel i don't know perspective wise it was like I was in awe of it and thinking that this is just a little little crevice on this big earth, you know, and I'm just this 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 small being on this earth and you know the earth is just this little piece of dirt floating around in space compared to the the sun and the sun, you know like a, you, you can feel so small but then you know as as somebody you know as, as a man of faith you know it's like but god still loves me and knows me and you know created me knows my name and you know has a plan for me ah, it is it's amazing <laughs>
0: Well, one of the things I did after I got back from the rim to rim to rim is I actually preached a message uh, based on that run, that ultra run. And, uh, you know, I tied it in scripturally uh, with understanding verses that dealt with partnership and challenge and and worship. And uh, and, but again, bringing the spiritual in to the physical to me is just so important. Natural, Mm. It just happens naturally.
1: Well, well, let me ask you this, because one one of the things i want to talk about is uh is 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 mindset in an ultra you know because one of the things especially when you're running 100 miles or even even 50 miles um and and we can and you can name some of the the hundred milers that you that you ran but i i don't think anybody runs a hundred miler without hitting some some real lows you know just some struggles and um how do you do you you know is is your faith part of how you um dig yourself out of those lows, you know, how do how do you keep moving forward and how do you keep pushing forward? Uh, you know, when you, when you hit those, those valleys.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, um, I ran the superior trail 100 up in Minnesota and, and mm. I love the point to point runs. Those are my favorite. Mm. And it's all along the, uh, the lake there. Um, but I had gone into it with an injury that I was nursing, a tendonitis in my shin area And uh, I'd done everything possible to get ready for it. And the first 50 mile really worked out well. After that, it started coming on. Long story short, I ended up walking, uh, using my trekking poles for the last, I don't know, 18 to 22 miles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they talk about that pain cave that you go into. And, man, I was in it. But you focus on the finish, you focus on the finish, you focus on ending well, finishing well and uh, and I know at times you have to dnF there you know there's different times for people to do that, but i I was just not going to do it i don 't care if I had to crawl over that that finish line, and I had a great pacer I had a friend I had a a friend Gary Pico up there with me who who walked that entire last eighteen to twenty miles with me and oh, man yeah. what what an awesome friend. Yeah. And he had to put up with my moaning and complaining. I don't even know what I was saying. It's like, you're in such a state of, of, you know, pain. It's like, oh, but anyway, I was going to finish and And by God's grace, I did. So.
1: Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, don't it's. It's in, I think it's in times like that when you when you struggle the most, when you find out a little bit more of uh, I don't know of who you are. You know, I bet you, you know, you discovered a lot of, of, of who Scott was during that time, you know.
0: Absolutely. You you go deep and you have conversations, you know, as a believer with the Lord and mm-hmm. and there's worship music that you can listen to and uh and of course you've got that cutoff though. You know, time is always <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. thinking, Okay, how is my time going? I can't spend too much time at this aid station. Okay, I gotta get in, I gotta get out. So all that planning goes into it as well.
1: Yeah. One of the things that uh, my wife and I have uh, discussed uh, about it before, uh, about racing, and, and you know, she said at, at some of the H stations, my wife crews me quite a bit, and I believe your wife does also, right?
0: Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I love having her there, and she said uh, – she made a joke. She said, well, you better never talk to me like some of these other people are talking to their crew, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and and, and kind of like, uh, you know, you, when you're stretched that thin and that raw – you kind of find out who, who you are and what's in there. You know, it's kind of a testing, uh, kind of like life test you, you know, you squeeze a sponge, you find out what's inside. And, and, uh, I don't know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a self-discovery time, you know? Um, and my wife, you know, she said, you know, you've, you've always stayed pretty, uh, you, I can tell you're down sometimes, but you, you never lash out or get ugly or treat anybody unkind. And, and, and so I don't know, it's, it's a, it's like, okay. Cause if I do, I, I, I need to work on something, you know? <laughs>
0: absolutely no and that's that's the key i mean you got to try to be spirit filled and the fruit of the spirit should still be coming out even in times of pain you know yeah so and it's also good to have family there like you said your wife cruise you i gotta tell you my wife enjoys the ultras so much more than the marathons Hmm. because when you go to a road marathon she couldn't see me or she barely saw me and she waved but with the ultras She's part of the team. She helps with the planning. She, she can be there to see me off. And it's just a, it's so much better. And I remember one of my ultras, I think it was my first ultra I finished first hundred miler. She said, you know what, you need to do another one. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Because she just loved it so much
1: she enjoys it what do you think what do you think her favorite part I mean is, is just that she gets to be a part of the team or um and and I guess the second part of that question is how is she does she is she does she dote over you or does she kind of you know kick your behind out of the aid station when you take it too long
0: no, no she I think she's a much more of a nurturer as a person and so she's there to care for me to make sure I'm you know i've got the proper nourishment my bottles are refilled uh you know if it's a really hot race like when i ran the georgia jewel 100 it was i was in the mid 90s to high 90s at one point in the race and and they had towels soaked in you know ice that put on my shoulder and on my head i mean mm-hmm. and again she loves the ultra running so much better because she can be a part of that she can think through the food prep with me and think through the planning where she'll meet me at the aid stations or, you know, it's just, it's, it's a different animal. Uh, Again, with the, with the regular marathons, all she could do is wave. She couldn't be a part of it. And and again, after my first one, what did she say? You need to run another one. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's not what I expected her to hear. So (laughs) that's great. Yeah.
1: That's so good. And I, and I love, It's a blessing to be a part, to accomplish those things that are so hard and that that our loved ones get to be a part of that team and invest in it, you know. My parents have proved me before and my wife has, and and I love sharing that with them, you know, it's because our sport can be selfish, you know. It's true.
0: Oh, yes. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My friends, we're going to take a quick break from our conversation, uh, just to let you know about a few things. The first thing is on March 13th, there's the St. Patrick's Day 5K and one mile fun run and the proceeds benefit Special Olympics, uh, in Oklahoma and the Tulsa Running Club. There's going to be door prizes. It's going to be a good time. You got to wear green unless you want people pinching you and all that. Um, if you want to find out more about the race, go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com and, uh, you could find out a little bit more about the race and, and, uh, the times and everything else, uh, from, from everything I've heard. It's a good time. It's a, it's great fun. It's a festival atmosphere and, uh, I believe it had a really, really good number of people um, year before last. I don't know about last year. I don't remember last year. But anyway, and also um, the Snake Run. It's here in Tulsa on Turkey Mountain, March 14th, the Snake Run. Um, It's on the upper part of Turkey Mountain, and there's a three-hour and a six-hour, and you can do as many loops as you can in those those times. And you can find out more about the Snake Run at www.snake.run. I haven't run this one yet. Uh, it's usually on a Sunday and I'm kind of busy and uh, on a Sunday with church things and all. I hope to get to run it at some point. But, uh, man, everybody that, uh, that that's run it, that I've heard it, man, they just love this run. So uh, go to www.snake.run and check it out. All right, let's get back to Brother Scott. Speaking of, because because your wife, she knows, just like mine does, and, and, and kids and everything, they know the time that we put in in training. So... Um, I I guess the first part of this is, is how, you know, I don't know how many hours a week you put in or how many miles when you're when you're training for a 100 miler. Um, How how much do you put in to get ready for that? What's your max week look like?
0: Max week is probably 60 to 70 miles a week, uh, but that's not for many weeks. Uh, I'm the kind of guy is I'm going to do what it takes because I have a family and I have Mm -hmm. a ministry. I'm not going to go overboard. But I am a stickler for my training routines. So, yeah. you know, every 100 miler, I did a 50 miler and every 100 miler I I hit unless I'm injured. I hit all of my training runs and I'll do the back to back long runs, the 30 miler, you know, on one day mm-hmm. and the 20 miler the next day, uh, yeah. because that helps you mentally. It's yeah. just mentally going into the race, as well as physically, you know, you're prepared. Now, what I will do is my next hundred, if if Lord willing, if I run another hundred, um, I would probably try to get by with just a 30 miler, to be honest with you, hmm. um, just to cut back a little bit. But to me, the communication with my wife, Carla, is very important. Yeah. Um, I need to communicate and, and in a sense, get her blessing because we're a team, you know, I yeah. I don't want to take advantage of her. And so I want her to be on board um, and I get it. You know, maybe this sounds strange to some people, but I get her approval for these races. I, I don't sign up for a 100 miler unless mm. my wife says, you know what, I know the I know the calendar. I know our family. It works mm. here. It doesn't work here. And so to me, that's important. The last thing I want to do, David, is is sacrifice my marriage for it's not worth it or yeah. a belt buckle. It's just yeah. it's not worth it. And so to me, I would just encourage anyone out there communicate with your spouse, just, mm. just talk things out, you know, yeah. and because it is, it's like a part-time job when you're <laughs> training for these things.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is. And, um, you know, just like you're a team, like my wife, I, I have a race that for Friday and my wife's going to be crewing me and we're a team, but you know, we're even more so we're a team in life, you know, and, and we've yeah. got to be on the same page. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm like you, you know, I I'll have this race and I'm looking at ultra sign up and I'm who oh, I want to do this but you know let me let me go talk to my honey you know
0: <laughs> Yeah exactly and that's just wisdom
1: Yeah yeah um and and so the, the you know maintaining balance in in life like that how do you um you know, you've got ministry, you've got family and, and, and all those responsibilities. Do you do, um, your, your runs, do you do a lot of them early in the morning or how do you fit those into to all of the responsibilities that you have?
0: Well, yeah, early morning is, is optimal. So that's basically when I do all of my runs is, is yeah. uh, especially when I'm training. So yeah. th- that's the best time to get it in is just to get it done then.
1: Yeah, yeah. That and that works that works for me cuz it seems like things always uh always come up in the afternoons. It seems like, you know, something's always happening. How do you uh as as someone who is uh I remember when when I was in ministry and I started running and uh it was hard to find marathons to run um that I wouldn't have to cuz a lot of them are on Sundays, you know, I'd find I'd find some that were on Saturdays or have to plan, you know, well in advance to be able to do one on a Sunday if I if I if I was going to do it, but um, uh, that's that's a tough that's a tough thing, and so I would imagine that probably limits your hundred milers a little bit too because of your responsibilities, you know, as, as a pastor. Yeah, it
0: does. But here's the other thing: I do get vacation time, and so yeah. I can take vacation time, and yeah. and so that's kind of how we've been able to work it that way. Yeah. And I'm not running a ton of them you know yeah. i just it's just nothing i it's just not something i can do you right. know being in ministry so i understand that as well so i just try to maintain that balance
1: yeah yeah how how so how does your uh what do your church you know your congregation think about you know their their pastor running 100 miles in the in the woods <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i think that uh, some of them think I'm a little touched.
1: <laughs> touched. <laughs> to touched. I like it. <laughs>
0: yeah. so a little crazy, just a little bit. So, But they also, they know me. And and I, you know, uh, but here's the other thing people don't realize is I, I really think the training for marathoning and ultra-marathoning has actually given me, uh, just a, a great physical endurance. Uh, one time in our church, I was preaching five services, five sermons uh, wow. Sunday, but I was okay with that. I My body was fine. And I think part of that was all of the training that was going in for, for marathoning. Hmm. So, because preaching, some people don't realize it. It does, it, it takes a physical toll on you. It really <laughs> yes, does. It does. <laughs> you know that. So, yeah. So, you know, but I was able to, so it's been helpful that way, and and plus, like I said, I've I've preached a couple sermons uh, based off the running, like the Rim to Rim to Rim as well as the Ozark Trail, mm-hmm. and uh, so they I've been able to tie them in spiritually. And the other thing is, I get to live out my faith. Like mm-hmm. for instance, I, I did 13 miles today at Starve Rock State Park uh, in Matthiasen, which is a park nearby. Well, I was able to share share the faith with a guy named Hunter who works at an Olive Garden, and then I was able to talk to Chris and Bill, uh, two other people at another spot, and then I talked to this couple, Ryan and Olivia, share the gospel with them, and then I talked to Steve, who was this retired uh, history teacher from DeKalb, and so I was able to talk to each and every one of these people about a relationship with God, mm-hmm. and, um, and then I asked them at the end of that, you know, whether they received the Lord or not, I said, you know, is there anything I can just pray for you about? And I don't, the first thing I say, I don't tell them I'm a pastor. Yeah. I just, I want them to know I care, you know, yeah. and, and then I'm, I was able to just pray for this one guy, Hunter, and about his decision with work and what he should be doing. And so I'm able to share with my congregation, hey, I'm sharing my faith. How about you guys? You know, mm. I'm encouraging people. I, w- I want to be an example for my congregation, not just of exercise physically, But also exercise spiritually, you know, Mm. and one of the other things I try to do on these trail runs is I always try to bring a little bit of extra food or gels or something. And I'm always amazed I'm able to give those things away. And, uh, you know, and I do that when I'm out hiking, too. Uh, My wife and I were just in Gatlinburg and I'd stuck some extra uh, cliff bars in there. We're walking by a guy yelling to his friends. Hey, do you guys have any cliff bars? I'm starving. They didn't have any. (laughs) I'd say, hey, hey, guess what? Guess what I have right here for you? And I'm able to share the gospel and just be a blessing to them. So anyway, I try to just tie in the spiritual with the physical.
1: Yeah, I like that, man. That that That's great. Um, it's funny that um, I, I was doing a race. Um, I think it was it a year before last. And uh, me and the guy who were, we were actually going for first and second place in the 50K, and there was a lady during the race. She was having a really tough time, and I didn't know her. I know her now, uh, but the other guy did, and he, he was a, a Christian too. And we stopped first and second place in the race on the out-and-back part, and we, we checked on her. We prayed with her, made sure she was good, and then we well, took man. off. And we still play uh, first and second. So it was really
0: cool. <laughs> was like that, That's awesome. See, I just love it.
1: Yeah, I was beaming at the end of that race. I was like, yeah, I never would have, you know, just because, you know, you, 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 know, you got to get your game game face on and you're racing. And it's like, that's, that's an important lesson right there. Don't miss opportunities, you know, because you're so focused on what you think you need to be doing, you know? Yep. Yep, um, exactly.
0: Be sensitive to the people around you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and so I think, um, and that's a message that I think a lot of, a lot of people just, just, just need to hear that, you know, we all have our, our, our hobbies and things that we do and, and even in the church and, but we're called to be who God's called us to be wherever we are, you know, whether you're in the pulpit or whether you're running, uh, you know, training or racing or whatever, you know, you're still Called, you're still a child of God. You're still called to to do the things He's called you to do, and 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 share His love with people. And so, Absolutely. man, that that's huge. Yeah. yeah, and
0: I I, I want to be the same person I am on a Sunday, uh, Monday through Saturday. I, I want to be the yep. same person I am in church that I am when I'm running a trail. I I, I don't want to have an ounce of hypocrisy in my right. life. I want to be the real deal. And, yeah. and so that's what I I. I try my best to do um, before the Lord
1: that that's integrity, brother. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're called to, called to, to do that. And uh, well, I applaud, I applaud you for that. And um, you know, I think especially, you know, um, being at a church, as long as you've been, you know, people, like you said, your people know you, you know, they see you. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and if, if, if you're, if are some incongruencies or, 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 you know, if you're trying to be something different, you know, in 26 years, they'll see that, or they, they would have seen that, you know? <laughs> yep. Um, so, um, another thing I wanted to kind of mention, you, you know, you bring the the spiritual into the physical, but I, I think, um, I think a lot of people miss out and, and I'm, I'm Southern Baptist and, uh, and I was doing a lot of running and stuff with, and I had, you know, my pastor friends, I, I was challenging them because there are a lot of people Um, in fact, some of our pastor friends would quote the verse, you know, um, that, uh, you know, bodily exercise, you know, profits a little, but spiritual, you know, anyway, you know, and, and, and and I said, yeah, but it does profit. You need, we need to take care of, take care of our bodies, man. And, um, I think I applaud you for doing that. You know, I mean, I, you want to, I'm sure like any of us, you want to, you want to do as much as you can for as long as you can for God while you're here.
0: That's right. and. You know, one of the verses that helped me balance it out, because for me, running is there, uh, you know, just getting out on the trails today, I have a, uh, my second grandson is just very ill right now. He's just a little preemie. And it was just, it was good for me to get out and just run and pray uh, mm-hmm. today. Um, but Ecclesiastes 4, six says, one handful of rest is better than two, uh, two fists full of labor and striving after wind. So mm-hmm. there's a balance there of not being a workaholic, uh, but also not being lazy. There's a yeah. balance there of saying one handful of rest is better than two fists. You know, yeah. work, 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 work. Yeah. So, so to me, running has has really been helpful that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I call it a, you know a lot of my my processing time. You know, I process, I solve all of the all of the problems I have and everybody else has and, and just, (laughs) then then they forget most of it. Problems of the world. (laughs) Exactly. And you
0: know what? In all honesty, I'm sure you have a group of friends that you run with. I have a great group of friends that I run with. We, Mm -hmm. we just laugh hysterically. (laughs) We pray together. We, we challenge one another, you know, um, it's, it's just great fellowship out there. It just really is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Talking about you know running and getting to getting to run in with cool people and do do these things, um, I see that you you put some of your notable runs here in the notes that you got to run in in Israel. T- tell me about the Jesus Trail.
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm, yeah, because you, you're just you're chomping to do that one. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. well. Well, the Jesus trail starts in Nazareth. It goes through Cana to Capernaum. It's just over 40 miles. You end up at the Sea of Galilee. You go over the cliffs of Arbel, uh, you know, and then I dove into the Sea of Galilee to cool off. I was uh, leading an Israel trip with a friend of mine uh, and we had a whole group meeting us, Well, we went over a couple days early. And so, so I could do this run and, um, you know, my wife and I and, and his wife, it was just fantastic. And so it was just kind of one of the one of the unique runs I'll probably never get a chance to do again, uh, you know, over in Israel when I was there. And it was it was just so special because this would have been the actual trail Jesus would have taken from Nazareth to Capernaum, uh, his home of Nazareth to his ministry home at Capernaum. And I'll tell you, I, I teared up a little bit. My first look at the Sea of Galilee coming up over a hill. It was, it was pretty special. It just really was. And, you know, it's self-supported 40, 40 miles. You got to take enough with you. You got to figure out where you're getting water. There's enough, there's enough uh, detail on, on the internet on this trail. You know, people hike it and camp and different things, but, but it's really cool how God provided through that. So it was just really neat. Oh man.
1: That's, that, that's, yeah, that I've, I've never gotten to go to Israel. And, uh, that, that sounds like, uh, you know, to go there and then to run it like, a like you know, a lot of times we do everything else. <laughs> it just would it be yeah, yeah. icing on the cake, man.
0: It is. And let me just say this. One of the things I've tried to do, and, and I love the, the sanctioned races, uh, the mm. 100 milers and the ultras are fantastic. But I also really love the adventure runs mm. like the Jesus Trail, you know, yeah. like the rim to rim to rim. Uh, a, another one that I would highly recommend is on the island of Kauai. It is the Kalalau Trail. It's a 22-miler. It is probably the most beautiful, epic run I've ever done in my life. Mm. And you run along the Nepali coast. Just just Google Nepali coast, Kalalau <laughs> Trail and you you're running it just keeps getting more and more beautiful with the uh, you're you're running on these cliffs and water these waves are splashing and hitting and covering you you know, the mist and you're seeing birds of paradise fly by and and then you're running to this beach and you run to a waterfall at the very end on the Kalalau beach and you fill up your water bottle right from the waterfall
1: it's oh like am man. I in
0: heaven <laughs> so remote it's so remote it's it was one of the most epic ones i've ever done jesus trails one Kalalau trail grand teton national park i love mm. you know i've done the uh Valley cascade canyon down uh, paintbrush canyon i did web canyon most recently which was a 24 miler just going through all these waterfalls it's all bear country so you got to be prepared for that <laughs> but i i love it and i'll tell you one other run that i got to do i was on a missions trip in rwanda and to run and see the the red glow of an active volcano in the distance Oh man (laughs) i'll never it was just like what i it's just like so anyway just some cool stuff you get to do these things when you run
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no kidding man i i tell you uh I, i i've been to um uh, Uganda. And, uh, at the time I, I was, I was doing some running. I didn't get to do a whole lot, but, um uh, we were out, we were on a mission trip and we were out in the middle of a village in the middle of nowhere. And I want to tell you, I have never seen the stars like I saw in the bush in Uganda. I mean, just amazing. So I can't imagine also having a, the, the, the glow of a volcano, you know, with that. Yeah. Just incredible. Um beautiful beautiful um so uh you get to experience all these things and you go places and you can you it's just just i don't know find opportunities to run find opportunities to uh to take all these things in and it's it's i don't know it's it's a blessing and and you know you're you're a little bit older than i am um <laughs> and so but it is what's really cool is that we are built to to not, not a whole lot though, not, but we are built to do you know to do this, um you know I don't I don't know about you but I wanna I wanna keep running and hiking and doing these things until as long as I can you know if I can do it when I'm 90 years old I'll still be doing it and uh, uh what do you plan as far as that goes?
0: Well you know that's a really good question because you know as I'm getting older um I understand I've got to pace myself different differently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a race. You got to pace yourself, and so I want to always be active. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to figure out the best way to do that. Mm. And um, because you know, my dad's in his 70s and he still hikes. We do a father-son son trip just about every year to a yeah. national park, and you know, he's he's in great shape and he's he's still doing it. And I want to be able to do that as well. Yeah. You know. So I, I go to the gym, you know, I, I do some strengthening exercises and, and weights and stuff at the gym, not just lower body but also upper body. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm trying to you know, of course all runners have to work through injuries you know so multiple different injuries at different times and so you just have to do that and that's always so frustrating oh. <laughs> so you you got to you got to work through the injuries you know and 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 see that's the other thing how much can you push it as you get older you know then yeah. you're you know you're going to succumb to maybe injuries a little bit more so you just got to be wise that so
1: yeah. What kind of? And you, you know, everybody listening, I'm sure has experienced different things at at different times. And you, you know, training's going great. You're feeling good. This is going to be your race, and bam, something something breaks or, or messes up. What kind of injuries? Yeah, yeah. had to Deal with. Well,
0: through the years, I mean, IT band, you know, that's pretty yeah. common. Uh, some tendonitis, like I mentioned before, in the shin area. I, I've got plantar fasciitis right now. I, I mean, I sprained my ankle so bad a few months ago. And I, and again, uh, type a and grit, grit it. And I, I straight, I sprained it so bad. And then I went out and just continued to run another four to five miles. Yeah. And I shouldn't have done that. You know, I should have, I should have just gone right back to the car, but who wants to just get a mile and a half in that's ridiculous. So <laughs> yes, I had to yes. run at least another five miles, yeah. uh, you know, on a horribly sprained ankle. So, but that messed up other things, you know, uh, yeah. so that didn't help. So anyway, cause then that brought about some uh, some tendonitis and the plantar fasciitis and i've had two meniscus surgeries that which were really funny not re- uh, running related but that was probably seven or ten years ago both of those which is really neat because i think this is encouraging some people might think if you had a meniscus surgery oh you can never do a hundred miler mm-hmm. actually both them um, well, multiple of my hundred milers and ultras were after my meniscus surgeries yeah. so you know if you put in the time to to, to strengthen uh, and you know, you'll be able to run again. So don't be discouraged out there. Anybody who's, who's injured.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Do, do your rehab, uh, tr- you know, train smart, build yourself back up. And, uh, uh, same, I've had two ACL reconstructions on, on my right knee and, um, not running related, neither one of them. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've run a bunch so, since then. So <laughs>
0: say that again, say that again, people need to hear that. It's
1: not <laughs> running related. It's not running related. The one was jujitsu, and the other was a trampoline. I was too old to be jumping on a trampoline, so I was like, <laughs> "Oh man, yeah." That, that that I'll tell you, you can st- Yeah, just trampolines are the devil. That's what I <laughs> just stay away from those. But you can go run. <laughs> so, it. so I want to tell you, you're, you're up there. Um, what uh, you you're near Chicago, right? right. Um, up- yeah. I'm about forty-five minutes in the suburbs outside of Chicago. Okay, now I want to tell everybody. You sent me pictures right before, uh, right before we got on this Skype call, and you, and you you made mention of it. You know, just just kind of in brief, you know, that you're you're running on this this ice and stuff. But I'm going to put the pictures on the webpage with your permission. Um, sure. You're running. It's it's like, OK, we we just got the 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 I don't know, we called it Snowmageddon over here or whatever. It's been terrible here. We had some <laughs> some, some, some negatives. We had a, a lot of snow. We you know, people were driving in a ditch and stuff. It was crazy. Uh, you you're just you're frolicking around in this stuff and you were at a waterfall that was frozen solid. I've never seen anything like that. Like I said, I'm from South Louisiana and this is where you this is where you play.
0: This no. <laughs> is where I play. I love it. I mean, I, the more extreme temperatures, the better too. But yeah, the the waterfalls. This is called Starve Rock and ice and, and there's I saw about I think eight waterfalls today. And you can go behind them, run up to them, and you know I wear I wear Solomon spike cross, so my shoes have have many spikes on the bottom, so I'm able to you know traverse this area a little bit better than most. And but I just love it, and and cold is not a I, I don't mind the cold. I love the cold. The coldest run that I've run was uh, minus 25 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, and um, you know, uh, yeah, I did like nine miles in it. You know, and and but you know what? If you can dress for it, you can run in it. And that's well, my, my philosophy, and you've heard that from plenty of people.
1: Yeah, but how do you? Okay, okay. Like I said, I'm from South Louisiana. How do you dress for minus 25? Just explain that to me. I don't think I have okay, enough well, clothes.
0: Oh okay, yeah. Well, here. Here's the deal. Uh, okay. Well, I'll just walk you right through it. So I wear, uh, for my hands, I'll wear uh, short wool socks over both and then put those inside winter mittens. Uh, mm-hmm. Then for like pants, I'll wear long johns, but then the pants that I wear are actually pants designed for Nordic skiing. They're a Solomon pant. And so they're wind resistant on the front, uh, designed for movement, and then breathable on the back. Uh, and then of course I just layer up top again with a Nordic type thing and then fleece underneath. And then, um, and, you know, people are always saying, well, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I have never worn anything over my mouth, uh, mm. even in those bitter temperatures or had a problem with my lungs. So, mm. you know, I wear, you know, I'll wear a full face mask and, uh, and, uh, you know, over the neck, like a baklava and then, uh, oh, you know wool hat over that as well uh but then my shoes i'll wear two pairs of socks wool socks running socks and then i'll wear um the solomon uh spike cross or gore tex lined Uh, i wore those today they're fantastic you know just the water just goes right off them. the cold so yeah but i mean and and you're working your body's working up a sweat even in that you're 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 getting warm so it's just layering, you know, I know different temperatures, what to wear and it's just experimenting for what works for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that I mean, that, that makes sense, you know, and, 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 I was talking to somebody today who was in the the military years ago, and he said, "Man, the stuff we have now for for warmth is so much better than you know the the old military issue uh, wool shirts they would give you, you know, 25 years ago and stuff that just itched and you know didn't they were heavy and um, you know I guess I guess we you know we have good stuff now that we can wear out in the cold. We're sp-
0: spoiled. We're <laughs> spoiled with the stuff we can wear. We just Otherwise- are."
1: Yeah, my wife's always teasing me about yeah, sport. All you need are running shoes, and it's simple. And you say, like, "Look at all your stuff you got." It's like,
0: <laughs> now, yeah, it is. It is dangerous when we say, "Well, running is a cheap sport." <laughs> we got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How That's many pairs true. of running shoes? How many pairs of shoes do, do these runners do? Each of us have in our garage or in our room. Oh my goodness. Oh. And man. I've got I- so many different pairs for so many different types of weather.
1: Yeah, so you know, so. <laughs> you know pe- people gotta got to <laughs> understand. You got, you, yeah. I've I, I've lost. Yeah. I don't even, I even know how many pair I have. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so uh, while we're talking about about gear and all and all that, so you shared with some of the uh, about the, the 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 Solomon Spike Cross uh, Gore Tex that you wear and um yeah. what which pack I uh, recommend them okay and then you wear uh what other shoes do you wear or like your top you know for races or for for different or for roads what, what are your what are your favorite shoes
0: yeah i mean I'm, for the most part i'm a solomon guy they just okay. work for me well um so for the for the winter and ice running particularly in snow is the solomon spike cross the cortex and then for ultra races, I, I do the S Lab Ultra, the oh. Salomon S Lab Ultra. I just find yeah. they're super light and comfortable, and um, and and I love the the zip laces. I just I just do. Uh, for colder or more inclement weather, I'll wear the uh, Salomon Speed Cross Scortex. Uh, basically the same as the Spike Cross, just without the spikes. And then, which is really interesting, uh, I have worn Mizuno Road shoes. Uh, since I ran my first marathon, I went to a really good running store, and I was encouraged to pick out a shoe that worked for you that felt like a slipper. And so I purposely didn't look at brands. I didn't look at color. I didn't look at style. I, I really focused on what shoe felt good for my foot. And mm-hmm. so it was, for for me, it's the Mizuno Wave Riders, and I have worn those forever, uh, I've mm. worn every single marathon every every road run I go on is with the mizuno wave riders It, it just works for me i mean there's so many yeah. other shoes out there, so I just encourage people don't pick a brand don't pick mm-hmm. a color don't pick a style go to a go to a true running store yep and find out if you know if you're a neutral runner, pronate whatever, and then see which one feels good you know yeah. so that's that's what i so that's what I wear. That,
1: man that that's it's awesome when you when you find that shoe that you know like this is my shoe and 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 it, you know mine have changed over the years because they'll modify them or, or do whatever and i'm kind of an outro guy now i just i like zero drop nat the natural um you know feel but yeah but that it's pretty awesome that you found that one and you've been able to just stick with it throughout man that's cool that's that makes it easy
0: <laughs> it does it really does
1: so um for your races, uh, you said you're a Solomon guy. You do a Solomon pack, uh, pack too. I two? do. Yeah.
0: I do. Boy, I I just highly recommend the Solomon Advanced Skin 12. for for me. I like the 12 because it has a little bit more room because I can also take it hiking. But just the way it is designed and the movement of the body and the ease from which to get all the pockets. You know, I've had a different vest in the past and it was just a little harder with the pockets placements how to get to them. This Solomon vest to me, I know it's a little bit more money, but it was worth it for me. I, I really, you know, it just, it is. And I love the water bottles too, the, the soft flasks. I, okay. I just, I like them. I like how they work, the wider wider top. And then I also use the uh, the Solomon soft flask handheld, uh, which is just worked really well for me as well.
1: So, so the Solomon pack you're talking about, it's not, it's not bladder, it, it's, the, uh, it's the soft flasks in the pockets?
0: Yeah, I mean, it has place for bladder too. I just don't like bladders, but that's me. I like the I like the measurement for the bottles to know how much is going in there, and uh, it doesn't freeze, you know, uh, in the cold (laughs) weather either. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and I used I used to use a bladder often, but uh, it's so hard to gauge how much you have left, how much you've you you drank already, and so uh, I've I've moved to to bottles.
0: Clean. I find it hard to clean too. I just. you, i i want something more simple so to me, to me the bottles work better so that's just me you know i'm sure people do great with the bladders and that's great for them
1: yeah i like when you uh when you think you've got your, your the bladder and the tube uh clean and then you put it up and then you go to pull it out later and it's got weird things growing in it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's terrible that's not a good sign <laughs> yeah i don't no, need penicillin with not. my hydration <laughs> 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 uh, well um and then so um headlamp which headlamp uh are, are you using
0: i just uh, you know right now i've got the black diamond uh icon 500 the 500 lumens and that seems to work well for me i also <laughs> always take another older one mm-hmm. i have an older one that i actually put around my waist it fits around my waist so oh, i God. just wear it there so and then i have an extra one to give to somebody uh if, if you know i was on a race once up in Minnesota and the guy forgot his headlamp and I was able to give him that one, you know, oh. just to use it. So, yeah.
1: That's cool. Um, and I see, uh, in the notes that, uh, you use the, uh, Sun 2, uh, Ambit 3 for your GPS watch.
0: Yeah. I, I've loved it. That it's thing's a tank. Ambit 3. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> um, it's worked well for me. It's,
1: it yeah. is a tank.
0: Yeah. And on my little wrist, it looks like, yeah. <laughs> <It's kidding. laughs>
1: well, I, I've had one and, and I, I, I've got the, 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 the nine, the Sun nine now, but, uh, I, I still have my Ambit three peak and it's, it's yeah, it's still cruising. It's still, you know, and I've beat it up, man. I, I have been through the ringer with that thing and it's, it's still works, you know, it's good. <laughs>
0: hey, good for me.
1: Yeah. So hey, I see. I've never even I've, I've never heard of these trekking poles, man. Which trekking poles are you using? How, the, the what is that? The,
0: uh, yeah, they're just a really super lightweight Helinox uh, Passport uh, TL 125 are the trekking poles, and they're just super. Uh, they've worked really well for me. I always take trekking poles with me. I don't always use them. Yeah. Um. But if if you twist your ankle, you do something to your knee, it is just great to have them. And so I can just uh, fasten them on the back of my um, my Solomon vest uh, some, with some little twisty things, and boom, ready to roll, have them back there. But, yeah, the Helinox Passport uh, TL-125s have been great for me. Okay, super had, light, super yeah. short.
1: Okay, I hadn't heard of those. I need to check that out and check that brand out. That's awesome. And then I, I, I I'm cracking up now because being from south Louisiana and running on the trails, you use deer fly patches? Tell me about that. Tell everybody who's listening. I know oh, about that, but tell everybody else about that.
0: <laughs> if, if you do not like black flies or, or deer flies or pine flies, whatever you call them where you're from, you have got to go ahead and order deer fly patches online. You put it on the back of your hat and, man, if you're running through a swampy area, you know, it gets hot here in Illinois. It gets really humid into the 80s, 90s, 100s. And uh, if you're running in a swampy type area with ponds and those flies, they just land on you and bite you instantly. It doesn't matter how fast you're running. The mosquitoes don't bother you as much when you run. But, yeah. listen, I put these patches on my head. Uh, I did a 50-miler along the INM Canal with my with my dog. By the way, I'd love to talk to you about my dog scout. Uh, not too many dogs have run 50 miles. But, but I came back, there were like 70, 90 uh, d- uh, flies on the table. <laughs> so it just, they because because flies go to the highest point on you. And mm. so these patches are on your hat. Now, they will leave a residue on your hat. So you use an older hat. Um, but you put those on there in the middle of July. And I'm telling you, they work like incredible. Now, it's really funny because as you're running, you can hear them buzzing <laughs> on top of <laughs> that's, your head. <laughs> it's awesome. Just, it's just, it's bizarre, man. So, so, it's so weird. I come back and I have these things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so all of my Louisiana friends uh, who run, especially uh, Chico, that's where the Lugaru 100 miler is. I trained out there a lot and we dealt with this. Uh, get your deer fly patches and put them on your hat. And we've done experiments before. We found out they're attracted to blue. Are, are the patches blue?
0: No, these patches are like a brownish gray. So oh, they have yeah, blue, that's interesting. blue. If they come in blue, if they get come in blue, get blue. That's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we were always trying to figure out what not to wear, and uh, like I showed up one day wearing like all blue, and I, I, it was a miserable run, but it was just crazy. <laughs> you know,
0: that's so true. If you wear blue, you get eaten up. That is yeah. the truth.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it works. Uh, oh, so, so wait, I always. I no, love it when when, when
0: one of my when one of my friends shows up in blue <laughs> and I don't have blue on. It's perfect because then he, he he's the bait. Right? It's, it's kind of oh. like
1: running in, in bear territory. You don't have to outrun the bear, just your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, too funny. Well, tell tell me about your uh, your dog Scout. He ran fifty miles with you, and he's a chihuahua. I, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I I have the best dog in the world. He's 13 now. He can't run anymore. But I, you know, I was doing premarital counsel counseling with a couple in the church many years ago, 12 years, 13 years ago. And anyway, long story short, they were they bred these Weimaraners. And I was like, I don't want another dog. We had just had two dogs that were just bad dogs we'd gotten rid of. And anyway, my wife and my my kids were like, we need another dog. We need another dog. Again, so these people were breeding them. We got one of their dogs. Best dog ever. Weimaraners um, are agile. They're great long-distance runners. I didn't even know it at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you wait about a year uh, for their bones to be developed. Okay. And uh, he did he did all of the training for every ultra i've ever run he's wow. run multiple multiple 30, 30 milers multiple multiple over 30 milers but the, his longest run was a 50 miler along the i&m canal and and i went to the vet a really good vet i said listen i don't want to overdo it with my dog um, this is what i'm going to do what do you think He said, listen, your dog has done all of the training you have done. Your dog is completely prepared for 50 milers, uh, for a 50 miler. Your dog is going to do better than you because it's a trot for him when you're running. (laughs) And he was right. So... So I took plenty of food. I took a frozen um, chicken breast. Uh, halfway through the run, it was thawed out. Huh. I took uh, collapsible water for him and and, and uh, water bottles that I would pour into the collapsible bowl. Uh, he did great. He did great. So yeah, that's, <laughs> go figure. That, yeah, Not too many that's... dogs out there.
1: No, man, that's amazing. That's, uh, um, yeah, th- that you have a dog that would go 50 miles with you. And, and, and you've you got a compa- companion with you right there, man, you know, hanging yes. out with you. And,
0: and anybody who runs with dogs, it's, it is a companionship. And if you're looking for a running dog, I, I do recommend Weimaraners. It's a good breed. Now, some Weimaraners can be very hyper. That's mm-hmm. because they need exercise. And so yeah. if you are going to run them, they're going to do well.
1: Wow. Well, I the little dog we got is a rescue and uh and she's she's come on some I think she's done five miles with me and, and handled it pretty well, but I hadn't tried to branch out and uh I think I don't know. She might think she might do pretty good. I might have to, <laughs> might have to stretch it out a little bit and let the vet decide. <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. Well, um, so uh, when you're out on the trail, man, what is your favorite um I don't nutrition? I like to hear everybody, you know, what they eat you know cuz i'm I, if you if you could see behind me right now i got a, I got a mess of some things going on cuz i'm getting ready for this race and so i got i got my my key go-to foods and stuff so what are you what are you fueling with when you're racing and, and training
0: okay well number one is my wife makes these incredible homemade granola bars that are out of this world uh so i love those and then i love pbj i mean i just i love it you got your carbs your fats your sugars um yeah. but um when it comes to to food you purchase uh i love the cliff block crayon Raz. man i just pop those mm. in my mouth those little gummy things are oh yeah fantastic. yeah stick yeah, yeah you know, okay. they, have, they have the electrolytes and everything in them but the cliff block crayon raz, i just highly recommend those and then i like cliff bars as well mm-hmm. um and then i use tailwind i'm a big tailwind fan i to me this stuff works fantastic it's easy it on my stomach uh and i just love the tailwind I, I it's just great and then um and of course you always get the goodies at the aid stations my favorite i remember being up at uh Oh, up in Minnesota on the uh, Sawtooth Trail. And I came, I don't know, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I'm smelling bacon. <laughs> and this dude was, this this guy was warming up tortillas, putting cheddar cheese and frying up and cheddar Cheddar cheese tortillas like are my favorite aid station food ever. So anybody out there manning an aid station, if you really want to do something special, bacon tortillas with cheddar cheese. Oh, (laughs) it sounds amazing. Didn't want to leave that aid station.
1: Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I I I loved I I like what I I like training. and, And I used to race with tailwind so much and I can't my stomach does funky with it, man. So I'm glad, I'm glad it works for you. Cause it, it's great as fuel and electrolytes. And, um, I just, I, the taste gets me now. I, I've used, I think I used it too much.
0: <laughs> well, there's so many flavors now though. There's there really are so many different ones, but you know, each, each person's different.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I always like this question and, um, you know, we, we've got, people that listen some people are are young runners uh some people are are older some people have uh they're pretty seasoned have done a lot you know of 100 milers and then some are just kind of really getting into it and some are just curious about you know this this ultra thing and 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 not sure and so they're listening trying to figure it all out what kind of advice would you give you know, to someone who's, uh, who's considering an ultra or stepping up in distance, you know, being somebody who's, who's done some distances and done some things, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh,
0: a couple of things that uh, I would say is one is sit down, take somebody out to lunch who's run some, I, I just, and just pick their brains. Uh, to mm-hmm. me, that's always helpful. And I know that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, but for me, here's a, a couple pieces of advice. Ad, embrace the adventure. Uh-huh. Just enjoy it. Take it in uh, and pace yourself. You know, the things that people don't understand about the, the ultra community is uh, many of us, if not most of us, are not running the entire time. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're power hiking the uphills and, and we're running uh, the downs and running the straights or running the slight uphills. And so you just pace yourself. Enjoy it. But I would say do the training. Put the effort in, not just the physical, but also because of the mental preparation. Mm. I, I wouldn't skimp on the training, uh, for sure. Uh, don't run injured for in your training. I, I would just be careful of that I've I've made that mistake too many too many times. Uh, and then the greatest advice, honestly, is the one with the spiritual journey. Yeah. I, I don't know where you know your listeners are with their relationship with God, um, but He loves them. And yeah. and I would just encourage you as you look at creation around you, realize there is a God who loves you. And and my life changed when I realized I was a sinner and that, that I really needed forgiveness, and that, and that Christ came to die for my sins. And mm-hmm. I placed my faith in Him, and man, my life has never been the same, and I'm not looking back. And so not only is there a physical journey in a race, but there is a spiritual journey, and there's a finish line coming one day soon for all of us. And, and, and I want to stand before my God, uh, well prepared for that, and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And so I would just pray if you don't know the Lord that you'd you'd come to know the Lord, and if you know Him, you draw closer to Him and end well.
1: Mm. Man, Scott, I, that's that's a perfect place to 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 land this this podcast, and uh, I agree with that, hundred um, percent, man. Um, and man, thank you for sharing uh, part of your journey, you know, with with me, with with us, and um, you know, thank you for sharing your heart, and thank you for hey. being you, man.
0: Hey. Hey, it's been been a privilege. You know what? I want to pray for you right now and your listeners. Let's just pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for this time with Dave. I want to pray your blessing on him, even with this race coming up. And Lord, for those listening right now, that you just work in their hearts, draw them to yourself. And and Lord, help us just to be real. Uh, Help us to be men and women of integrity and character. And we just thank you for the gift of running. We don't want to take that for granted. Uh, We want to utilize what you've given us well. And we pray this in your name. Amen.
1: Amen.